Welcome on into the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Today's episode, we're going to get caught up on what's been going on with the Jazz in this Jazz Grizzly series. I know it's been a little while since we've recorded, um, but I'm going to get you caught up on everything that's been going on. So, first off, um, last time we did an episode, the Jazz were down 1-0 to zero in a best-of-seven series, which basically means first team two set uh, to four wins moves on to the next uh, series so the jazz next game was in Utah and to be honest with you even though mathematically it wasn't a must-win game I think psychologically for the team it was pretty darn close to a must-win game um, to have had such a great regular season and then you know, lose the first two games against the eight seed at home would have been just devastating for this team. Luckily, uh, Donovan Mitchell made his return. The Jazz played a little bit more solid on the defensive end. They're actually hitting shots, not at an exceptional rate like they have been for the season, but they're hitting some shots. We're able to pull off that, that game. So it was tied one to one. Heading into game three, uh, the series moved to Memphis, um, and with uh, sorry, I forgot, forgot where I was going with that. Um, so the series moved to Memphis, and you know Mike Conley had been in Memphis for twelve seasons playing for the Grizzlies. Um, the fans were happy to see him. However, Dylan Brooks, who is turning himself into an exceptional player, um, decided that it was time for him to to uh, take down the hometown hero, basically. He played extremely physical with Mike Conley, and true to form, Mike Conley looked like he didn't even notice. Um, there were a couple times he just blatantly hit Mike Conley in the back. It wasn't basketball related at all. They were just kind of standing there. He hits him in the back. He came up and headbutted him in the chin at some point. Didn't phase Mike Conley, and he put together one of the best games that he's ever had as a member of the Jazz. Jazz win game three. In game four, so now the Jazz are up two to one. It's in Memphis. This is really the, the Memphis's chance to even up the series. If they don't, <clears throat> they go down 3-1, to one and it's not impossible. I mean, we saw it a couple times last year in the playoffs, but it is extremely hard to come back from a 3-1 deficit. Um, so it was basically a must-win game at that point for the Grizzlies, even though, again, mathematically it was not. Um psychologically and how you know basketball works it was for them and Donovan Mitchell responded in this game he had played pretty solid the first couple games but came out was hitting shots really just took over the offense put up 30 points eight assists and just is looking like he's rounding back into form it's still going to take him a little bit to to fully get his legs back underneath him after that ankle injury and being out for five weeks. 
but he looked more like himself again. And, you know, I brought up the individual performances, um, but the team as a whole put up some, some very good performances. Rudy Gobert has been extremely solid this entire time. He had a 20-point game, I think, in game three. Um, you know, just solid on the boards, has been controlling the paint. Anytime he comes out of the out of the game, that's when John Morant really tries to attack. And, you know, Derek Favors has held his own for the most part. Um, and on the offensive end and on the on the boards, Derek Favors has been huge for the Jazz when Rudy comes out of the game. George Niang has been shooting very well, um, providing a little bit of a spark off the bench. Jordan Clarkson has been struggling in the first few games of this series, but put up 24 points in Game 3 and really just looks like he's starting to find his rhythm. Now, there are a couple players that... I wouldn't say that they're struggling, but they're not... They're not full-on, you know, performing the way you would expect, and that's both Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles. Um, you know, Boyan, for the uh, majority of the last 15 games of the season, was the number one option. You know, both Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell were out, and he took over and was the number one option and looked really comfortable at that. And now, back into the playoffs... Um, you know, with those guys back, he's become the third option on the offensive end again. And so he's, I think it's more, he just got, he has to get back into his rhythm of being that guy again. Um, I'm not really worried. He's not shooting the ball bad. It's just, you know, the, the Grizzlies are trying to take away the ability for him to get shots off. Now with them trying to take away the, the, uh, pick and roll option, and which they've done sometimes okay, but the Jazz are just so great at the pick and roll that it hasn't worked amazingly. Um, and also trying to take away Boyan, it's left Royce O'Neal wide open, and Royce has shot very well in this series. Um, I think game three, he was four for four from three. Um, all of that in the first half put up 12 points, and so the Grizzlies decided they needed to guard him which opened up things for Mike and for Donovan. Um, you know, again, the Jazz, the way they play, the way they move the ball, and the idea that it doesn't really matter who the leading scorer is, just that the team is uh, beating the other team at the end of the game. It really, you know, of course, you know, Donovan wants to get his numbers, Jordan does, all that, but if... The Jazz won a game by 10 points, and Donovan Mitchell only puts up 12 in that game. I don't think he's going to be too disappointed. He'll be a little bit disappointed in himself, but the Jazz winning is is the main thing right now. As for Joe Ingles, the Grizzlies have really just tried to take away his ability to get shots off. Um, you know, he is so extremely efficient and has been, for the most part, in this series. It's just he's only able to get off, you know, three to five shots a game. Um, and so they either need to be working ways for him to get the ball, either coming off the ball, because um, with him as the primary ball handler, they're just fully taking that away. Um, 
or just continue to use him as a decoy, you know, draw the, the defense towards him, and he's a good enough passer that he can get the rest of the guys involved. So the Jazz are playing again tonight, which is Wednesday. Um, I believe the game starts at 7.30. Um, but this game, if the Jazz win it, the series is over. Um, the Jazz move on to the second round to play the winner of the Dallas Mavericks and Los Angeles Clippers series. Um, if the Jazz, if the Grizzlies win, then the series goes back to Memphis for game six. Um, and if the Grizzlies win that, then it would come back to Utah for game seven. But hopefully, you know, this Jazz team is very motivated right now. Um, they're playing, playing well. They're moving the ball very well. They're hitting their shots. Um, the defense is starting to figure things out. They're starting to figure out how to slow down John Morant. Hopefully the series ends tonight. But this, is, this Grizzlies team is not a team that is going to go, we're down 3-1. If the Jazz get an early lead, we're just going to lay down and die. They're not that kind of team. This, team, that, this Grizzlies team is a team that's going to fight like hell. Um, even if the Jazz get up by 20, you're still going to see this Grizzly team fighting. Um, so it's going to take the full 48 minutes, most likely, for us to figure out who's going to win this game. Um, but if the Jazz, again, if they play their game, they play smart, they control the live ball turnovers, um, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, before I end this episode, though, I wanted to get into a little bit of league news. Um, I know this isn't the NBA podcast. Um, this is the Jazz one, but this one seems relevant enough to, to bring it up. Um, so Danny Ainge, who has been the president of basketball operations for the Celtics for, oh, geez, like the last, let's see, what was that? Oh, wait, I think like the last 15 or 16 years at this point, um, you know, the Celtics won a championship under Ainge's, uh, leadership, um, have been to multiple Eastern conference finals with him, made it to the finals twice, won one of them. Um, Anyway, he has decided to step away. Now, Danny Ainge has had health issues in the past. I know he has. He's had some heart problems. Um, so that could weigh into, um, you know, why he decided to, to step down. Um, it also could just be, you know, he's run his course with the Celtics. We don't quite know yet. I don't expect that Danny Ainge is done being around basketball, but, you know, maybe he does something like takes a full year off to just rest, recuperate, be with his family, and then figures out stuff from there. I don't know yet. Um, There have been rumors about the Jazz, and it's mostly because Danny Ainge played at BYU. Um, And while the Jazz may be willing to bring him in, the Jazz have such a, a nice set setup right now with Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck running things, and then uh, I think it's I think his David, name is David Morway. I think that's how you say it. But he, um, as the third guy there, I would be surprised if they they brought on Danny Ainge. Just you know, a too many cooks in the kitchen type situation. So who is replacing Danny Ainge? Well, that that's really the big news here. So Brad Stevens, who's been coaching the Celtics for the last seven years, I believe, has 
is stepping down as head coach and is going to be the president of basketball operations for the Celtics. Um, this is big news. I mean, he, Brad Stevens is is constantly looked at as one of the better coaches in the league. Um, but you know, I maybe he's completely done with coaching. Um, or just really wanted to be in the front office. Um, but I, I kind of feel like this is something that the Celtics had in mind very, very early this year. Um, and they were just waiting for the season to end <clears throat> with losing to the Nets last night. Um, their season ended. And so, you know, they could make this move happen. <clears throat> the one, the thing that I think is interesting with all this is the fact that Brad Stevens is going from being the coach of the Celtics to deciding player personnel with the Celtics. So, you know, he's been working with a lot of these guys, you know, one-on-one for years now. You know, a guy like like Marcus Smart, Brad Stevens has been there for basically his entire career, working one-on-one with him, you know, trying to, you know, motivate him and, and get him to be, you know, a part of the team and to think team first and all these type of things. Brad Stevens could decide this summer to, you know, oh, there's this trade offer. You know, Marcus, you're going to Sacramento or you're going to Detroit or whatever, um, which is very interesting to me, you know having that close of a relationship with all these different players, not just Marcus Smart, but all the players that have been there for a while. He's now the guy that gets to decide if they're traded away, if, you know, they sign somebody in free agency to basically replace them or play in front of them. Uh, When it comes to, like, the end of these guys' contracts, he's the one that's going to be negotiating their extensions, all these type of things. Um, So he's got to... He's going to really have to walk a tight line with all these guys that he's been coaching for all these these years or even just this year, um, figuring out how to do his job, you know, while not ticking off every single player along with their agents. Um, You know, so if he doesn't do this correctly, he could have one of two problems. He could either be too loyal to these guys and not make the trades that he needs to make or make the signings that he needs to make or overspends in free agency to keep these guys on the team. Or he could, you know, just treat them like they're they're numbers on a spreadsheet and, you know, ruin these relationships that he's built with these players and built with by conjunction their agents you know the agents in the NBA control a lot Um, if you really if you mistreat a player that agent might blackball you from every single one of his clients and some of these agents like uh, oh what's his name I can't think of his name but the guy represents Gordon Hayward but he also represents Joe Ingles now, a lot of the Utah media, when Joe, when Jordan, Gordon Hayward decided to go to the Celtics and there was the whole, you know, it was announced and then 
they said, oh, we haven't made up our mind, and then six hours later, um, they put up that, uh, uh, column on the Players' Tribune, that whole mess, there's a lot of Utah media that jumped on Mark Bartlestein, that's the name, that's the, the agent, Mark Bartlestein, there's a lot of Utah media that jumped on this guy, and jumped on Gordon Hayward, and tried to make them look bad. Meanwhile, the Jazz, behind closed doors, you know, they they weren't happy about it, but they kept a very good relationship with Mark Bartlestein. Joe Ingles is represented by Mark Bartlestein. If they had gotten ticked off with him and, and you know, said all these bad things about Gordon Hayward as he was heading out the door and bad talk Mark Bartlestein and all this, Maybe Joe Ingles isn't with the Jazz anymore. Maybe he doesn't sign an extension with them. You know, maybe other Mark Bartlestein players, which I'm sure he represents like 30 or 40 guys, decide maybe Mark Bartlestein goes, you're not going to the Jazz. I'm not, we're not even going to talk to them. You know, and that happens with every single player. And so you have to, it. you have to, you know, it's a... It's a really delicate dance what you're doing with these agents. Because at the same, you know, at what at on one side, you have to do everything that's best for your team. You have to look out for your cap sheet and you know, what's best for your team. But on the other side of that, you cannot burn bridges with people and have it come back to haunt you or else you're not going to have a job anymore. If you piss off, you know, guys like Mark Bartlestein and other agents that represent a large majority of the league, you're not going to have a job anymore because nobody's going to go play for you. Um, so that's, that's stuff that I'm sure Brad Stevens has thought it all this through um, and he's not just jumping into this, but I'm just saying... It's a delicate dance, and he's going to have to, you know, really be thinking these things through when he makes a decision, um, especially that affects players that he has been coaching in the past. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Again, the Jazz play tonight, which is Wednesday the 2nd, I believe it's 7.30. Um, they win this game, they move on to round two. So, again, thank you for listening. Have a great day, and go Jazz!